Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you today from the city of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, PA, where I'll be uh, calling the city game. That's the game between Pittsburgh and Duquesne. Oh, wait, it's not pronounced Duquesne? I got to work on my notes here for the game starts. The Dukes and the Panthers, uh, separated by like one block, will play uh, uh, downtown. I'll be calling the game. So if you're on Facebook tonight, uh, trolling for uh, to see what your old girlfriends look like, uh, feel free to check in and watch my basketball game. In the meantime, we got so much other stuff to talk about. Uh, like, for example, we got to discuss um, college football coaching moves. Look, this has become a college football weekend. I would love to tell you that the NFL matters this weekend. And after the uh, Cowboys vanquished the Redskins last night, 
we get ready for Vikings Falcons feels like an important day, game. Patriots Bills feels like an important game. Bills still right there in the in the playoff hunt. Buccaneers Packers more meaningful than you would think. Um can the can the Chiefs finally figure some stuff out and beat the Jets and get back into the playoff mix? Like all of those games are Chargers have to beat the Browns, I guess. Panthers Saints is the like premier game. Uh, until Eagles Seahawks on Sunday night, like all those games are relatively interesting, but college football actually really, really matters. And we don't actually know, uh, even based upon the rankings, what it means, right? Because based upon the rankings right now, well, Clemson is number one in the country, and they play Miami, number seven in the country. If Miami beats Clemson, does Clemson drop five spots, four spots, or three spots? And what happens if Ohio State beats Wisconsin? Do they leapfrog Alabama, who doesn't play? Georgia taking on Auburn. Do they leapfrog Clemson, for example? Um, or what about Auburn? Can they, you know, they, they win right now. They're ranked behind Clemson. A two-loss SEC championship team. Do they get in? Like, all of that is interesting. Made more interesting is uh, all that's going on in the college football searches. Just really is. Uh, John Curry apparently has lost his job. That's because Phil Fulmer is Brute. Et tu Brute? You guys do know the Brute reference, the Et tu Brute music. You're, you're the, you've been in college the most recently of any, any of these, uh, these MOOCs. Tell me you understand the Et tu Brute reference. Of course. From? Julius Caesar. Brutus was who? The person who betrayed him. Yeah. Correct. Correct. They all stab Caesar in the back. That's how they changed power in uh, in ancient Rome. And when he got stabbed in the back, he looked Brutus in the eye and said, et tu, Brute, and you, Brutus. Not that uh, Fulmer, uh, that they didn't know Fulmer betrayed him, but Fulmer did, in fact, betray him. John Curry tried to hire, uh, tried to go out and hire Mike Leach yesterday. Meanwhile, while he's trying to hire Mike Leach, Phil Fulmer's getting him fired. So Phil Fulmer expected to be named athletic director. He's the former head coach at Tennessee. Now he wants to be AD at Tennessee, and he will be AD at Tennessee. What a mess. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Jimbo Fisher has apparently left Florida State to take on the Texas, Texas A&M job. And before you say this is the first of its kind, remember Dennis Franchoni left Alabama to take on the Texas A&M job. And he's reportedly going to make $75 million over the next 10 years. Boy, that feels like an Albert Pujols contract, doesn't it? Feels like the last five years that contract could be really, really, really bad. Uh, look, here's my thoughts on AM going out and getting uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, it reminds me of... Uh, it, it reminds me of uh, Jim Rome, who who's a friend of mine and told me once, Rome has a Ferrari. I don't know if you guys know that. He has a Ferrari. It's a beautiful car. And I um, I said to him when I first saw the Ferrari, I was like, hey, man, tell me about when you got the Ferrari. He's like, oh, bro, what a story. Walked into the dealership and I wanted to buy a Ferrari. I I looked at the car, looked at this one, it's black one. I said, that's the one I want. They're like, you can't get that. That's uh, Joe Simpson's Ferrari. And Joe, of course, father of Jessica Simpson. This is back when Jessica Simpson was 
Jessica Simpson. And he said, however much she paid, I'll pay 50 grand more for it. And it was his car. Look, some people pay sticker for cars. I don't. I don't. But there are some people like, look, I just want it. Camaro Super Sport convertible comes out. There'll be people who pay sticker or over sticker because limited number. I just want it. I wouldn't do it, but there are people that will do it. And that's who Texas A&M is. Texas A&M was like, mm, Kevin Sumlin, fine. Don't think we can win national championship with him. Let's get rid of him, pay him $10 million to walk away. But instead of trying to save money on the next head coach, they're just like, look, who is the most successful coach that is the least happy where they, where they are? Jimbo Fisher, who, by the way, uh, was part of a national championship team in the SEC with LSU before he left to be the head coach and waiting and offensive coordinator at, at Florida State, where he won a national title. They basically said, all right, we're not waiting until things go on sale. Like, I don't know if you guys operate this way when you go into the Lucky Brand store or you, your wife goes into Talbot's, right? And there's a sale sign out front and you walk in and all the good stuff is not on sale. All the fall stuff or summer stuff is on sale. Many of you, like me, would like, why am I going to pay top dollar? I can wait till after Christmas or get a gift card where somebody can come in and buy it on sale as opposed to buying things when they just come out and paying retail price for them. But A&M, I like retail price. Money's burn a hole in our pocket. We have more money than anybody else. We're more invested than anybody else. That's kind of our thing. Let's go get them. And though it's crazy and they've done it before and it hasn't worked, the fact is that's who they are. Know what kind of shopper you are. As opposed to uh, Mississippi State, who hired Joe Moreland, who's the offense coordinator at Penn State. That's like going out and going like, you know, I heard these Hyundais are really well not made. I'll go get one of those uh, souped-up Hyundais. I'll bargain shop. I'll take 5000 off MSRP, thank you very much, while somebody else is buying a Ferrari, frankly. But what a crazy couple of days. Now Florida State is open. Tennessee is still open. Arkansas has now had the market set because everybody believes Arkansas is waiting on Gus Malzahn. If Malzahn loses tomorrow to Georgia, uh, the offer will come in like the second he walks in the locker room from Arkansas, where, of course, he was a high school coach. He was an assistant at Arkansas. He was the head coach at Arkansas State. Like that all makes sense, except they're in the same league. And whatever offer he gets, Auburn could, in fact, match or do it one better. But now hasn't Texas A&M set the market? Right? Gus has already played in a national championship. Gus is from Arkansas. Arkansas has uh, virtually unlimited resources with all the Tyson chicken and Walmart money. If, if Jimbo Fisher gets 10 years, $75 million, then Gus Malzahn's like, I'll take 10 years, $76 million. That's what happened today. The entire market has changed. And Philip Fulmer uh, completed a coup d'etat, which was quite impressive. To go from completely out to completely in, all within one week, killing off the AD and killing off their chances of getting uh, any coach that he didn't uh, uh, that he didn't approve. Pretty impressive stuff. Impressive, depressing, all kinds of craziness. All kinds of craziness. 
877 fox is, in fact, the phone number. We got a ton of stuff to get to, man. Woo. Darren McFadden, of course, former Arkansas running back. He'll join us later on in the hour. We'll ask him about his retirement. Feels a little early, but he's been in the league for 10 years. But up next, Lorenzo Alexander will join us. He's linebacker for the uh, Buffalo Bills. What has this been like from the defensive side with all the turbulence on the offensive side of the ball? And how legitimate are their playoff chances? How legitimate are the playoff chances of the Buffalo Bills? Think, would, you, would you have thought that you would say that if you went back uh, to, you know, before last weekend when that whole mess with Tyrod Taylor? I think the answer would be no. That's next. But first, love has an army. You can help us join the fight. Help Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com. Click on the red kettle icon to donate. Call 833-SAL-JOIN and help us reach our fundraising goal of $200,000. About $15 million, that's 21% of all kids are living living in poverty right here in the United States. This Christmas, the Salvation Army is fighting to ensure every child is warm, safe, and well-nourished. The Salvation Army serves almost 25 million people in the U.S. every year with things like shelter meals and Christmas assistance. For $100, you can help a family of four for three days. For $200, you can provide two nights of shelter for a family of four. Now you can help by joining the fight. Go to foxsportradio.com, click on the red kettle icon to donate. That's foxsportradio.com or call 833-SAL-JOIN. That's 833-SAL-JOIN and donate to our fundraising page. That's 833-SAL-JOIN. The True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I can tell you Buffalo's an interesting team, right? I mean, they're a team that uh, you had to think you had to think to start the year would be one to which they were playing for next year. They, they jettisoned some of their previous topics, including Sammy Watkins right before the season began. And yet because of their early season success, Sean McDermott uh, seemed to kind of change focus and maybe like, well, okay, maybe they're playing for the now. Then you had the couple of losses, the Tyrod Taylor benching, and they put Tyrod Taylor back in. They win last week. Now they're six and five with a big game this weekend. You know, a guy who can give us great perspective on what this has been like is, a, is an old vet, Lorenzo Alexander, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Lorenzo, how are you? I'm doing great today, Doug. Yourself? I'm, I'm really, really good. Um, look, I, I, this has been kind of a weird year for those of us not inside that locker room, not inside that football facility. How would you right. characterize your season? Um, it's kind of been up and down. I think it's characteristic of most NFL seasons. It's never a smooth sailing type thing. I mean, obviously, you know, you referenced it before, um, you know, trading some talent away and Sammy Watkins and some other guys along the way. But I think that's always what a GM and an organization always has to try to do is walk that fine line as far as planning for the future as well as trying to win now. I think we've done a great job of that. You know, we have some older guys on this team between me, Kyle Williams, Eric Wood, that, 
you know, our days are numbered in this league, and it's all about trying to get to the playoffs and ultimately winning the championship. And we're trying to put ourselves in a position uh, to do that. Uh, obviously, we had a little bump in the road there, got back on the winning, uh, winning ways last week, and now we have the Patriots up this week. So what was going wrong? Um, little things. I mean, it's always little things. It's never a scheme or, uh, you know, some of the big things that people may point to. But, you know, not getting off blocks, not tackling well, um, some miscommunications here and there. And then not really taking care of the football. Um, that's kind of our, our big thing, respect for the football. And it's really been one of our uh, catalysts, I think, through, throughout this entire season is leading in the turnover dis- differential by taking the ball away and um, taking care of it. And that's something that we weren't able to do as well during that three-game stretch. Lorenzo Alexander joining us, longtime vet in the National Football League, joining us Buffalo Bills, getting ready for the Patriots, their arch rival, or maybe maybe not rival, I would say more <laughs> nemesis. And I know, obviously, this is only right. your second year in Buffalo, but that's that's an accurate term for what the Patriots are to the Bills, correct? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, they've been they've dominated our division. They've really dominated this league um, ever since Tom Brady's kind of taken over the helm and obviously had one of the best head coaches up there in Belichick. And that's something that we're trying to change. And obviously that's one of Sean's main objectives um, over the course of, you know, getting his job is, is, is change that dynamic within our division. And uh, it starts really this week um, under this new new direction and, and trying to f- figure out a way to beat Tom Brady. All right, so look, I'll just tell you what those of us who watch football and love football but don't play football think. Like, all right, the whole thing with Brady is you got to get a pass rush and you got to get him off his spot, right? You got to get right. a pass rush, you got to get him off his spot. It seems like, all right, well, that doesn't, that doesn't seem that hard. Why is it so hard to get him off that damn spot? Well, he gets rid of the ball a lot, I mean, quickly. I mean, they, go, they have a lot of empty sets. Uh, he's obviously smart and intelligent, and uh, he understands even when you try to blitz him where his hot read is, where he's going with the ball. So it can be frustrating at times uh, to play him as well. That's why you got to have great coverage on the back end. You know, try to disguise some things, maybe make him pack the ball and maybe go to his, you know, second or third progression and, and give your opportunity to the defensive lineman to get to him and, and hit him. And you don't always have to sack him, but just put some pressure on him, get some hits on him. And then when he does give you an opportunity to pick the ball off or strip sack him and pick it up, you got to take you got to take advantage of that. Uh, we looked at it two minutes a day where I think the Houston uh, <clears throat> Texans had an opportunity, and this was last season, they had a strip sack and then an interception that, that they dropped. And then he, he figures out a way to go down and score and win and win the game. And this is evident throughout his career. If you don't play sound football and take advantage of what he gives you, he's going to definitely uh, figure out a way to beat you. It's Doug Gottlieb show. That's the voice of Lorenzo Alexander. Look, you are a guy who, because you've been in the league so long, that you're kind of, and you're probably not even old enough to remember, there used to be these commercials, E.F. Hutton, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Like, when you talk, people are like, all right, here's a vet, here's a guy that's been around, he knows what he's talking about. You spoke out about the, 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 the protest, the anthem protest, and everybody kind of, it quieted all the noise in Buffalo about it. You've recently said, hey, the Tyrod Taylor thing is not only interesting to me, but I, I think he should stay in Buffalo. I think he should be our quarterback. And, and forgive me if I'm misquoting you in any way, um, how was that received? Like players don't normally talk about uh, players on other teams or their own teams in terms of who should and who shouldn't be playing. How did that go over with, with Sean McDermott, uh, who kind of runs this entire organization? Yeah, I never said that um, you know, Tyrod should be in there, even though I, I trust Tyrod. I believe he does, he's done everything to have earned that, that spot. My message to the team was really just we can't worry about what you know Coach Sean and, and the coaches are, are doing at that position. Our job is to go out there and perform whatever, whether it's O-line, block, defense, 
stop the, 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 the other opposing offense, and let's do our job and let's support whoever's at the quarterback position. Because if you get caught up in the emotions of, okay, this guy should be back there, what are we doing, and you lose track of, of, of your own job, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's quarterback. So I'm glad Tyrod is back there. I think he's earned that job. He solidified himself as our starter. And uh, as, far, as far as I'm concerned, I'm trying to do everything possible to put him in the best situation when I'm on special teams and defense, getting him the ball back in the most advantageous field position, getting him extra position, possessions through getting turnovers, and all those little things that's going to help our offense and our team win games. You know, it's what's fascinating. I mean, obviously, if you guys could beat the Patriots this week, it would put you in a great spot with two games still remaining against the Dolphins and the Colts at home. But right. I mean, honestly, if you look at it, you guys could get in without even beating the Patriots, right? I mean, like if you simply took care of business, <coughs> Colts, Dolphins, and uh, twice, like nine, yeah. it gets you really, really close. Right, uh, nine and seven could get you in there, possibly, especially the AFC. But I, we're not looking at it like that. Like, well, we let's drop these games against the Patriots. We want to establish dominance each and every week, and uh, we're not looking at you know the long end game as far as okay, well, we can drop these games and win those other three because you can never count. You don't know what's going to happen. So our job is to put ourselves each week in the best uh, advantageous. That's how beating the Patriots. And then we'll move on when we get to our next opponent. Lorenzo Alexander joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. I mentioned, you know, your stops around the league. Uh, you know, Baltimore's not 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 warm, but not cold. Obviously, everywhere else you played, you know, when you played in D.C., that's not not a it's not a frigid environment. Now, all of a sudden, like weather becomes a factor, and I think uh, a benefiting factor for you guys. It, now, but for you personally, now in your in your you know creeping up on mid thirties. Do you still feel the benefit of playing at home in Buffalo because you guys can live and train in it as opposed to other teams that come in? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, it definitely gives you an advantage. I mean, you, you feel the cold, you feel the wind cutting through you, whether you're taking your kids to school, walking around, or at practice. So you do get some type of acclimation to the weather. I mean, we had Oakland come in earlier this year, and it really hadn't gotten cold yet. You guys were complaining about it being cold. And it really was. I mean, it might have been 35, 40 degrees outside, you know, but that's a California team. So it has its advantages. But at the end of the day, you got to play solid football. We had Miami come up here in the snow game last year pretty much, and they ran the ball all over. So it has, it has its perks, but if you're not playing good, sound football, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. How have you been able to maintain this longevity? Longevity? Yeah. Being a professional, uh, showing up to work each and every day, uh, trying to better myself, better my craft, uh, being accountable, um, showing the coaches and players they can trust me. And when I get my opportunity to go out there and showcase, and I think the biggest thing is just taking care of my body, um, you know, on and off the field. Uh, I have my wife that does a great job of taking care of me as well, and, and, and it's all worked out. I've been blessed by God to have limited injuries. And uh, when I have had them, I've had great people around me to help me get, get back to be healthy and, and where I'm at now. So, Hopefully I can continue to play at a high level and, and get a couple more years in this game because it's definitely a blessing to be able to play as long as I have. No, you've been playing it well, and, and for the most part, obviously the defense has been an incredible bright spot for this team. Listen, we wish you the best luck against the Pats uh, this weekend. Uh, it's, it's great to have you on, catch up, uh, have, a, have a very, very safe game this weekend. We'll see you the rest of the year, okay? I uh, appreciate you, brother. All right, that's uh, Lorenzo Alexander. That's a good dude right there, by the way. And... A uh, type of guy who gives you kind of a unique feel of what's going on within that Bills locker room. That that's the he gave the control what you can control speech to the team, right? 
He gave the, which is kind of how you got to handle it. Like you can't, and it's, it's got to be difficult to where everyone wants to ask you, Tyrod, quarterback, what's going on there? What's with the organization? He's like, look, while you're worrying about somebody else's job, you maybe end up costing yourself the job. Sounds good, but it's a very difficult, you know, some people have trouble com- compartmentalizing. Ramos, you good at compartmentalizing? Can you can you separate, uh, you know, from each individual kid, from things at work with your wife, from things going on at work to how you approach work? Like, are you a good compartmentalizer? I try, but I would say that I could be better at it. I'm not as good as I think I should be. How's that? Uh, that's that's fair. I think what it is is you know one of the things with sports, especially, is you do you know like football. So much of football, they talk about, well, it's a brotherhood, it's a brotherhood, it's a brotherhood, right? And so we're, we're family, we're a team. You know, this is more important than just, um, you know, a team is more important than any one guy. And you're also taught to play with emotion. So you have this bond with each other. You play with emotion. Then all of a sudden, something happens to which uh, it hurts uh, somebody's feelings and potentially the momentum, potentially, of the offense. And it's like, wait a second, you told us at one point to be brothers and – uh, and that we're a family, and now all of a sudden there's this dysfunction within the family, and there's this change in our emotions. That's a hard thing to go through. Let's uh, welcome in uh, Dan Byer. Dan, how's Tiger doing? Well, I was going to say there's a change atop the leaderboard, and the name on top isn't Woods right now, but Tiger did just wrap up his second round at the Hero World Challenge. A four under par 68 today, so even one shot better than what he had yesterday. But Tiger right now is four shots back of the lead, held by Charlie Hoffman, who is at 11 under. Tiger at seven under par after two rounds of play of the Dan, Hero Dan, World am Challenge. I, tell me if I'm crazy, but we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Um, does it matter? Like for, for Tiger, I mean, as long as he finishes now, finishes, like he doesn't have to win to win the weekend, correct? Correct. And I think that even going on, that the expectations of of winning is, you know, we always talk about the grand scheme. What's good for golf? Just Tiger playing is good for golf, period. What Tiger now just needs to get through these four rounds, healthy. Really, that's it. He doesn't have to win. He's he's shot 69-68 on back-to-back days. He's hit a lot of the shots that we've come accustomed to see uh, Tiger hit during his great years. Those are back. We didn't necessarily see those when he was banged up, so... Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's already a victory if you want to mark it down in the win column. A win for Texas A&M to get Jimbo Fisher? Yeah, probably. That's because the Florida State head coach is leaving for College Station. A reported 10-year deal worth $75 million to coach the Aggies. Now, Fisher will not coach the Seminoles in their regular season finale tomorrow against Louisiana Monroe. Do you know, so A&M has a ton of money, right? They have uh, oil money that they get. They get railroad money and land money that they get. You know, this is, um, have you ever seen the show Billions? No, I haven't. Billions is good. Ramos, are you a Billions guy? Uh, I'm more of a Millions guy, but I haven't <laughs> seen Billions. Oh, you should see Billions is really good. Uh, Billions is uh, based upon um, a hedge fund guy, actually, in my former hometown of, uh, well, former town of uh, Westport, Connecticut, where I used to live. Anyway, uh, there's a, a line from, from Billions that, that, uh, that applies here to why Texas A&M spent $75 million on a football coach. You, you ready for it? Yes. What's the point of having FU money if... Every once in a while, you don't want to say F you, right? Mm, very true. Very <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, it's a good point. I usually say other things when I look at my bank account. 
Let's start with Actually, some of those letters. Actually, me, right? That you say F me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Tennessee Athletic Director John Curry has been dismissed from his post following the strange search for a new head football coach. And Doug Bruce Feldman reporting that former head coach Philip Fulmer could be in line to be the AD, in part because Fulmer apparently has been interfering in Curry's search for that new head football coach. If Curry's fired without cause, the school could owe him five and a half million dollars. Ole Miss put on probation two-year bowl ban. They're already going to miss this year. They're going to miss next year as well. Well, in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers could practice tomorrow for the first time since breaking his collarbone. And Adrian Peterson missed practice today, Doug, because of a neck injury. The Cardinals have the Rams coming to town on Sunday. That's uh, our man uh, Dan Byer. We'll get back with him in a second. Quick programming note in case you missed. Darren McFadden, who's now retired uh, from the Dallas Cowboys and the National Football League. He'll join us in 10 minutes. If you missed Lorenzo Alexander, I thought he was outstanding from the Buffalo Bills. You can download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. we got all kinds of Coop, uh, Cooper Cup from yesterday. Uh, Brad Stevens from earlier in the week. Uh, just a, a, amazing guests that uh, Cindy Katz has been able to book for us. With that in mind, uh, we're going to switch things up. Excuse me? Oh, we're not doing game time till next hour? Why don't we have enough time? We got time. We have time. We have time because I said we have time. Let's play a game. We got time. Darren Fadden will join us in uh, just over 10 minutes. Let's get back to Dan Byer. I want to hear the psychic tones of Dan Byer. All right. Uh, psychic, right? That's the game. I, I, I didn't even ask. Psychic, psychic already answered. <laughs> that's that's all. Psychic? That's, yeah, psychic. All right, Doug. Hey, I gave you some news there. Uh, first of all, about the Tennessee coaching search. So psychic. What I want to know is, will Tennessee actually rebound and succeed under whoever is their next head coach? Uh, rebound. I mean, like, you couldn't get any worse than they were this year. Uh, yeah, I think they'll be okay. Um, do I think they'll win the SEC? Like, No. No, I mean, I look, I think Georgia is well on their way. Obviously, Florida going through a coaching change, but they still have some talent. I mean, look, the benefit is you're playing in that side. And, and actually, Missouri has recovered from bottoming it out last year. The good thing is you got Kentucky, who's pretty good this year, and Vanderbilt. So you, you do have potential for two wins right away. I think they'll be okay. Do I think they'll get back? I think this one's going to sting for a while. I'm intrigued to see who Philip Fulmer is able to get in. You know, there's infighting. Do you want T. Martin? who, of course, played for him, won a national championship for him, but how does that sit with Peyton Manning, who likes to be the face of Tennessee football? I, I think all that stuff is very, very interesting, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of other good foot college football coaches out there. The one thing that I worry about, and I don't know if it's real or not, is if things don't go well early on, are fans going to have the patience because of how this search went? You know, like, no. are they going to just immediately react? No, but they didn't react? really have patience with Butch Jones either. I mean, it's just not a patient fan, a patient fan base. Stay in college. No, go ahead. No, that's it. Okay, we'll uh, stay in college football. What will the college football playoff look like, Psychic, on Sunday when the bracket is announced? So, yeah, I know a lot of games on hand, and I know they're going to be picked later on, but what do you think this Final Four is going to look like on Sunday afternoon? I think Clemson will be the number one seed. Um, I think Oklahoma will be the number two seed. Um, I think that Alabama will be the number four seed. So you have ACC. You have Oklahoma. You have Alabama. I think Georgia's going to win on Saturday. And uh, you're going to have two 
SEC schools in at the three and the four spot. That'd be That's in, my that would be interesting as well because Georgia and Oklahoma then would likely play in the Rose Bowl with Alabama getting to stay close to home in Atlanta, taking on Clemson in a what would be a rematch of the college football national championship from a year ago. Let's stay in the National Football League. Or let's in the last two years. They've played yeah, each other yeah. the last two years. Could be a rematch this time in the semifinals. Let's move to the National Football League. There's a report, Doug, that Aaron Rodgers is going to work out today, and he could practice as soon as tomorrow for the Green Bay Packers. So, Psychic, will Aaron Rodgers play again this season? Yes, he'll play in week 15. He's available, right? Is week 15? Yep. Yeah, week Week 15, he's available. He'll play. He'll, he'll be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in Week 15. There's a lot at, on, on the line of these next couple of weeks when you look at that NFC wild card. Saints and Falcons play twice, Weeks 14 and 16. you got the Saints and Panthers playing this week. Cowboys got a win last night, but still miles behind the other teams that are in playoff contention. And you got the Seahawks still there who could win the division, which could put the Rams maybe even in the wild card. A lot to and, play for. I mean, a, a really good team is going to be left out in the NFC playoff. And, and remember, and I don't know if a really good team. Like, let's not go crazy. I mean, like, look, the Cowboys could be because they didn't have, you know, Sean Lee was been hurt, didn't have Tyron Smith, and, of course, they've been without Zeke Elliott. Uh, uh, Elliot. But, uh, I like, I don't know. I think – if, if, like, Seattle, if Seattle gets left out. I think on paper, Seattle's a really good team, yet this Seattle team is a shell of it because of the injuries to the defensive backfield, right? So, technically, you're right. Important note is head-to-head matters in wild cards, and the Green Bay Packers did beat the Cowboys in Dallas earlier this year if they end up with the same record. The other issue is how good the Falcons and Panthers have played, and if those teams are going to beat up on each other, maybe – the, uh, the the Panthers end up winning on Sunday against the Saints and get a split. Those teams are ahead of the Cowboys and the Seahawks, and Falcons have a tiebreaker over the Seahawks as well as, as you look at that aspect. Yeah, a lot, a lot on the line, a lot to play out. These next three weeks in the NFL should be pretty interesting. How about this from golf? Heck, we were just talking about Tiger. Will Tiger, Tiger actually win the Hero World Challenges? Right now he's four shots back. I do not think he'll win the Hero World Challenge, but I do think he's won without winning. Tiger's Masters odds last night after the 69 were already down to like 33 to 1 to win Augusta. It's a, it's amazing. And just all of a sudden, yeah, oh, Tiger's uh, vaulting to the top of the odds books uh, at Bavada. Oh, how about some baseball? Your good buddy Aaron Boone, Doug, apparently is one of the two finalists, according to the New York Daily News, to be the next manager of the New York Yankees. So, Who's the will, other finalist? Uh, Hensley Mullins. So, be Aaron Boone. Yeah, I was going to say, will Aaron Boone be the next Yankee skipper. Yes, Aaron Boone will be the next Yankee skipper because he's Aaron blanking Boone. <laughs> okay. And uh that'll get that'll get also give us a great shot of getting uh one of his first national interviews. And and finally psychic will John Carlos Stanton end up with the San Francisco Giants, a team that he met with last night. I don't think so. I think this is leverage for the Marlins. He has not approved a trade as of last night and you know like look he he grew up not far from Dodger Stadium. I think he wants to be a Dodger and the Dodgers, but but this is just a game of chicken as to which prospects the Dodgers will part with. I think eventually John Carlos Stanton will be in L.A. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Duck Gottlieb Show. All right, up next, Darren McFadden will join us. The former Arkansas superstar had a 10-year NFL career that you might have missed came to an end uh, as he recently announced his retirement. Why walk away midseason? I'll ask him next.
With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, here's a good good uh, tweet. DeAndre Francois, of course, who is the injured quarterback, starting quarterback for Florida State, started last year as a freshman. No call, no text. You could have said something. I go, Look, if you go with silver lining, at least it appears that Jimbo Fisher is not poaching his former team for his new team. But that, that that's not good. That's not good. Um, and some good, good games. The college games are kind of more interesting than the NFL games. But after we saw the Cowboys win last night, you got to think they're back uh, at least in the hunt to get back in the playoffs. The guy who might well know about uh, the about the temperature of the Cowboys is going to join us soon. Uh, that's uh, Darren McFadden, formerly of the Cowboys, recently announced his retirement. He'll be joining us. Love has an army. You can join the fight, help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over the community this Christmas by going to Fox sportsradio.com and click on the red kettle icon to donate. Uh, we'll keep efforting uh, Darren McFadden in the meantime. Last night, the Cowboys win 38 to 14. Now, if you simply parachute in and check the box score, you're like, oh, Kirk Cousins, two picks. He sucked. Win for Dak Prescott. See, Dak Prescott, he's awesome. But the reality of it is, the Washington Redskins, um, I don't put any, I don't, I don't honestly put much any of it on Cousins. I mean, I guess you got to put a little bit of it on Cousins, but he had drops, balls go through guys' hands for interceptions. They have no running game at all. Samaj P. Ryan, of course, you know what happens when you get down uh, 10 at half, but P. Ryan is their leading rusher, 38 yards rushing on 12 carries. 38 yards. As, whereas, whereas Dak Prescott, like, I guess he was better throwing it up to Des Bryant around the end zone. But Dak Prescott threw for 102 yards. Like, if you can tell me that that's all Dak Prescott, like, fine, cool, good for you. The reality of it is the turnovers, the running game, controlling the clock, and then just kind of spiraled out. The, light, the second interception you would put on Cousins, but late in the game trying to make a play, I think it was in fourth in California. I thought uh, Daniel Jeremiah probably said it best. He joined us. He joins us every week. He works for the NFL Network. He's um, he's a draft scout as well. And he told us what was it two weeks ago, guys? Yeah, two weeks. It was when he uh, actually it was earlier this week on Wednesday when you guys were talking about this uh, specifically about Dak because they had been struggling obviously prior to last night. Yeah, but he had said that he was quoting himself from when he was previously on the show. So when he said some guys are, what was it? Some guys are. Yeah, he uses that. He uses that. Some guys are trailers. Right, exactly. Some guys are trucks. Some guys are trailers. And what he was referring to is that like there's either people who lead the team and they pull them forward the entire way or they're just a trailer and they're there to be along for the ride. Yeah, so he, uh, if, uh, what DJ said, Daniel Jeremiah said was, look, I think that that he's a, he's a trailer, he's not a tractor. 
right? He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. He's not one of these. He's a trailer, which doesn't mean you can't win with him. Right? Doesn't mean you can't win with him. It just means um, it just means that you're not going to win because of him, and you're probably also not going to win in spite of him. He's just a good, solid, fine football player, which is what he was last night. And if you want to tell yourself otherwise, like, no, you're being too hard, I'm like, I, I, I can't help you. You're searching for something. Uh, you're searching for a narrative that just doesn't exist, that we're somehow harder on Dak. Like, I think we're realistic about Dak. Here's what Daniel Jeremiah said a couple weeks ago. That's fair. I, I think I think that's that's totally fair. Absolutely, positively fair. Uh, but look, Cowboys are still in the hunt. But last night, all last night did was kind of seal the deal on the Washington Redskins, which is fascinating because now what for the Redskins? Right, like they got away with underpaying Kirk Cousins early. They overpaid him in terms of salary cap because he was the. Franchise quarterback last two years, so you pay with them. You paid. You had to pay him an amount, you know, commensurate with the top five. The you know the top five guys in the league in terms of yearly salary. So now, what do you do? I, as much as it sounds like they should settle, we talked about settling last year. As much as it sounds like we should settle, and I don't put any of I, I don't put last night's loss on him. He just doesn't have a good enough team around him. And he is more of a he's a tractor he's more he's a trailer more of a than the tractor. But you have a decent solid quarterback, and he would get paid elsewhere. I think that's where the move to the Niners makes sense, because there's just it appears to be there's too much bad blood. Like, could they give him the right contract and he'll sign? Like, sure. But remember, this is the same team whose gentleman is president of football operations didn't pronounce his name right six times in talking about him and why they weren't offering him a long-term contract during the season this year. He kept calling him Kurt, 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 and his name is Kirk. Like, you just can't, guys just don't get over those things, nor should you have to. And with teams like Cleveland, San Francisco, uh, Jacksonville, the Giants, and others, all searching, wanting the Broncos for a quarterback, I think it probably makes sense for him to go elsewhere, even if the Redskins are probably foolish and he'll probably be better elsewhere or as good. And they'll, you know, people say, well, you, you got to kill you'll kick yourself for letting him go. Like, yeah, maybe. But, you know, once a relationship goes bad, it just goes bad. Do you think the Redskins should have locked him up to somewhat of a deal several seasons ago instead of this no. whole franchise situation? No, because I think he was asking for a ridiculous amount, you know? Like, look, I think they overvalued what, the, you know, they overvalued what they were giving him and the amount of money that, you know, they're like, look, we evaluate him probably in the 15 to 20 in terms of quarterbacks in the league, and he was probably miffed by that, but they were probably about accurate. They didn't want to do the going rate thing where you pay him more money than anybody else because they knew that'd be foolish and he's not worth it. And he wasn't willing to bend, and neither were they. So it was a game of chicken, and you end up both losing. 
in about losing. Instead of instead of giving them a little bit of a discount and them having their guy, you know, paying him a little bit more than you want because you paid him less than he you wanted than he wanted or earned in his first in his rookie contract. Now I I think you're past the point of no return. This happens at a lot of places of work. But like, look, one of the reasons for a long time people left ESPN before they started jettisoning guys was their first contract offer would often be a low ball. And then it'd be six months before your contract is up and then three months, two months before your contract's up, they finally come back up to an appropriate level. And by then, you know, for three months, you're like, you guys don't value my work. You don't value me at all. I should be getting a, a substantial raise. I'm a much better talent, much more visible than before. So this is not the only place that it happens, but I, I kind of think guys are, are you know, they're going to need to move on from each other. Whether you go inmates, run the asylum, or the prison, or even the city hall, it's all happened in Knoxville, Tennessee. The Vols are picking up shrapnel from the skin. We'll detail it all next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Boom, what up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It's become my favorite and um, least used expression now in all of sports. And I'm going to use it here time and again. So today, uh, as you heard from Dan Beyer, John Curry, the athletic director at Tennessee, is now the former athletic director at Tennessee. And he just got there. Like, he has not, been, he has not hired a football coach. He has not been there long. Came there from Tennessee, I believe, like a year ago, maybe. And uh, John Curry is now out. And Philip Fulmer, the former he's n- nickname known as Heavy, Heavy is now in. This just hours after multiple news media outlets said that um, uh, while, while John Curry was interviewing Mike Leach in California, Philip Fulmer was working behind the scenes to get him fired. And apparently... It worked behind the scenes to get him fired. So uh, that all happened very, very fast. But between the president, the chancellor, Jimmy Haslam, of course, is a Tennessee alum. He also runs the Cleveland Browns. Hey, the Cleveland Browns are poorly run and Tennessee has been poorly run. And Jimmy Haslam is involved in both. Hmm. Peyton Manning, who, of course, Jimmy Haslam has been trying to recruit to be his football czar in Cleveland. And John Curry and whomever else has a say, the whispers, this is the, and I don't know if, I don't know if it, it works as much inmates running the asylum or too many Indians, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. The crazy part about it is this is not as dysfunctional a mess as it is in the AD getting fired. And the AD is, John Curry is responsible for uh, for poor planning when they wanted to hire Greg Shiano. Like the people I've talked to with Shiano, like they made a mistake. Shiano was the right guy. He's a good guy. I don't know him well enough. I do know some of his flaws. I do know that there were, he wasn't well liked with Tampa Buccaneers and he didn't handle that situation well. He's seen as arrogant and obtuse and, and abrasive. And he was a guy who would film the sidelines to, to see people's demeanor, which by the way, other coaches do. 
Like this, it's one of those stories that people talk about all the time. Like, oh, I cannot believe that he would film his guys in the sideline to make sure they weren't laughing during losses. Like, hey, idiot, you've obviously never played sports before because anybody who's played sports at the collegiate and professional level will tell you that coaches do, in fact, watch the footage of how people are behaving on the sideline. And if you're jagging around and uh, laughing when you're getting beat, they're going to be upset. Just like if you're not cheering for your teammate when you're doing well, they're going to get upset with you. It's called coaching. <laughs> you know? Again, doesn't mean that what he did, you know, it's like the Josh Freeman thing. Like, people were really critical of his handling of Josh Freeman. Has anybody heard from Josh Freeman since? Right? The reports were that, that he leaked the fact that Josh Freeman had, had failed a drug test to the media. But what he didn't leak was Josh Freeman had missed team photos. Josh Freeman was a mess. And they released him that year. He went and played. I'm trying to think it was for the Vikings or somebody played in spot duty. And he was terrible. And I'm not sure he was heard from again. So as much as we want to crush uh, what happened in Tampa. Much as we want to crush what happened in Tampa, like. Some of it is misperceived. It really is. But this is a simple case of uh, two things. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians, or the inmates running the asylum. you you got to have one guy who's given the leadership power, and this is a university problem that they have. That's a bad deal. Bad deal. Because even if they end up getting the right guy or a right guy, because there's not just one right guy for, for this job. Like, boy, the... It's a PR disaster. And to anybody who says any PR is good PR, I give you Tennessee football over the past 48 to 72 hours. You tell me how good their PR is. It ain't good. But it's also a win for search search firms. You know, a lot of people have a negative image of what these search firms are. But the search firms aren't any different than radar, right? Like radar doesn't land the plane for you. Radar tells you about all the things that are in your way and gives you a sense. Like, you still have the computer on the plane. You still have, you know, your own senses. You still have to have skill as a pilot. Would you fly a plane without radar? This also reminds me of a guy who's anti-agent guy in our business. Our business, uh, generally, you pay 10% agent fees, 10%. That's a lot. Um, and there are some guys to which they'll negotiate on those fees. But, you know, you don't need an agent per se when you already have the job. You need an agent when you're going to need a job, when you're going to lose your job. I- I'm sure there's plenty of people in my business who don't have an agent or like, look, I'm saving that 10%. I don't need it. But just like I'm always going to fly, want to fly a plane with radar, I'm always going to want to have my job with an agent who has my back, who can help uh, be a sounding board for me and a sounding board for my boss or bosses and give me and tell me um, in his own words what others are saying so I know my future. You got somebody looking out for you. It's not any different than having an accountant. Can you do your taxes by yourself? Of course you can. There's computer programs. You can sit down and just grind it and do it and take a couple weeks every 
every night do an hour and you can do your own taxes, but why would you? Spend that time with your kids and family and hire somebody who's a professional who can get that done for you, save you the most money potentially, and yeah, you're going to have to write them a check. Yeah, you're going to have to write the search firm a check. Yeah, you're going to have to write your agent a check. We are so pathetic in how cheap we are about things. Like, oh, I don't, I don't need any help. Like, okay. Then you're land the plane without radar guy. Then you're do your own taxes guy. It can be done. Can absolutely be done. It's my, my wife's, my, well, my wife and I would get this argument. I, I actually, now I can't now because I don't have enough grass to mow. But when I was in Connecticut, I had, you know, any home that I, that I owned had a beautiful yard. I'm a, I'm a big yard guy. And I like, I like sitting on those seated mowers. Like kind of makes you feel like a dude, right? Like a Sunday afternoon, you get a, a glass of, of iced tea. Maybe put a little lemonade or get a little sweet tea in there. Put on a hat. Throw some tunes on your ear. And you go around, you mow, mow your grass, and then you get the weed whacker and you weed eat. Like you come back and then you get your blower. My wife would say, like, what are you doing? I'm mowing the grass. How long did that take you? A couple hours? Wouldn't that time be better spent with your family? Now, I guess if you liked your family, it would be. I'm kidding. Sort of. But the point is, like, like you can mow, you can cut your own grass. You absolutely can. You can fertilize it. You can aerate it. But, you know, there are guys that uh, take care of your lawn and understand. Like, I remember uh, this is two years ago. I had a guy who my wife talked me out of cutting, cutting my own grass. So the guy would cut the grass and he'd always hit me up about putting down the right fertilizers, whatever. And I was like, look, I got it. I know you got to put down the pre-emergent as soon as the snow and ice melts early in the spring. Got to put down the pre-emergent. Uh, then you got to aerate. Then, you know, it's like there's all these steps. If you just keep going to the hardware store over the weekend, they'll be like, now you got to put this down. Now you got to put that down. And I had these really, I had these really big dark spots and dead spots in my lawn. And I could not figure out what the heck it was. It was grubs. Have you guys ever seen grubs? You guys are all California guys. You've never seen grub, grub worms. Ramos, have you ever seen grub worms in your in a lawn? That would be a negative. I mean, I, I may have. I just, maybe I didn't know what they were, but. They're one of the ugliest species of animal that exists. They're like white with a little red head. Yeah. And they're just kind of rolled up into a ball and they eat your lawn and kill your lawn. And they're right underneath the surface. Like if you pull up the grass, they're just right there. And they're ev- like, once they spread, they're everywhere. So then I discovered, all right, there's grubs everywhere. You got to take a rake and then rake up all of the dead grass. You got to put down grub killer. Then you got to wait, wait a while and put down new grass seed. Like you, we went a whole summer with these huge patches of dead lawn. And I was like, hey, did it myself. It screwed it up. And then last year, I was getting this exact same problem. I was like, what in the heck happened? It's like, oh, you, you got to kill the, the grub eggs, not just the grubs. You killed the grubs, but not the grub eggs. And they were back. The point is that just like I should have trust my lawn guy to be a lawn guy and you should trust your accountant to be your accountant. And you can represent yourself in, if you have a law background. You're like, you can represent yourself or you can pay somebody who actually knows about specific law codes you violated. 
Like you can do lots of things by yourself. Uh, but John Curry lost his job today for two reasons. One, the inmates were running the asylum in Tennessee between Phil Fulmer, Jimmy Haslam, and all the different factions, and they didn't empower their athletic director. And the athletic director chose to go, no search firm. I'm going to do it myself. This is my job. And it's like getting audited. Like at least when you get audited as an accountant, you can go back to your account and go, dude, what is this? That's right. I'm telling you a search firm is not the worst thing. Paying $75,000 for somebody else to organize your thoughts is not the worst thing on earth. Love has an army and you can join the help join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com. Click on the red kettle icon to donate. That's 83 or call 833 SAL join. It's an incredible weekend of football, and it's really more about college football than the NFL. The intrigue going into tomorrow's game is tomorrow's games is exactly why the four-team playoff actually works. I'll explain why next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over three thousand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. Uh, he won the Doak Walker award. That's for the best running back in college. Two consecutive years. He's a two time sec offensive player of the year. He was a two time consensus all American. He was the fourth pick in the NFL draft back in 2008. Only played for two teams. Uh, the Raiders, and the, most recently the Cowboys. He's Darren McFadden, and he joins us. Um, days, uh, only days gone by since he decided to announce his retirement at the ripe old age of 30 years old. DMAC joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. How are you? I'm doing great, Doug. How about you? Good, man. Okay, so uh, now you wake up and you don't have a team to play for. You don't have, <laughs> like, what, what's, what's your daily purpose right now? Uh, you know, right now it's just been a lot of helping the, helping the wife around the house, man, and asking her if there's anything I can do to help her out and make her day easier. But, you know, I'm just enjoying it right now. Um, it was a tough decision for me, but you know, I feel like it, was, it got to the time that it was that time for me. Why? Uh, I, I feel like um, I dealt with so much this year, uh, just mentally, you know, going on a mental road, uh, mental road coaster all year round, and. You know, it finally got to the point that, you know, I, I want to try and go somewhere else and play ball. But, you know, after having a few days to sit, sit around in the house and, you know, just talk with my wife and, you know, just being able to reflect on things, um, you know, I, I just felt like it was, that, um, that, that was a good decision for me to make at this time right now. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm sure when you made it, it felt good and you were at peace with it. But the hardest part is watching football, right? Like this is all you've done is play football or get your body back healthy so that you can play football. What was the experience like last night? Did you watch last night when the Cowboys won? You know, I actually watched the game last night with a smile on my face, man. You know, seeing Africa go out there and rush for over 100 yards and get in the end zone and, you know, seeing a young guy like Ross Neal go out there and get in the end zone again for the second time in his career. You know, I actually watched it with a smile on my face, and I was very proud of those guys, man, just seeing what they do out there. You know, I don't think the reality of it has all set in on me right now, but, you know, it's one of those things that you have to just deal with and, and, and know, uh, go along with as it comes. I know your wife's uh, your wife's pregnant. Boy or girl, do you know? Oh, we have a little girl. 
Oh, all right. Well, that I mean, you obviously you don't want to see you don't want her to see Daddy get beat up on on Sundays. That that changes kind of kind of kind of everything. Darren McFadden joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, you had you said roller coaster of emotions. What was this like? Year like you felt like you were brought in as an insurance uh, kind of insurance option for Zeke when you know they thought when Zeke was thought he was going to be suspended early in the year. What was it actually like inside that locker room with the will he play, will he not play of the first couple months of the year? You know, um, for us as a team, you know, we just took it all in and stride, man. We just dealt with it as it came. And, you know, for me personally, like you said, it was an emotional roller coaster. I was going back and forth. Uh, will I play this week? And then I won't play. You you may play, then you won't play. And, and then you dress and you only play one play. And uh, it was just hard on me emotionally, man. Um, you know, I, I feel like I can deal with all the physical in this other game and all that right now. But, you know, as the emotions went on and got deeper and deeper for me, I, I just feel like, you know, you know, come to the decision was the right thing for me. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that decision right now. And, you know, I just want to be able to try to enjoy it and, and do the best that I can moving forward. How would you characterize your NFL career? Uh, it was a roller coaster, man, up and down. Uh, when I was healthy, I could go out there and do hell of a thing for a team that I was on. And, you know, um, you know, dealing with a lot of injuries coming in and, that's something that really uh, kind of set me back, man. Uh, I went through my whole college career. I didn't deal with any major injury as far as having to miss any games or anything. And then, you know, coming into the league, and it was like I was playing out the injury one after the next. And, you know, something I always kept my, a positive mindset because I knew what I could do when I was on the field. And, you know, um, this past year being healthy and not playing at all, it was my first time dealing with this situation. And, you know, I think that was the hardest for me of all. Yeah, that, that's the, that's the crazy part about it, right? Because I think if somebody was an outsider was looking at your career, like, well, you know, he never really lived up to his billing, but it was because he was he was hurt. Then you finally get healthy, but by now you're you know thirty years old. You're not brought into primary role, so you can't necessarily show if you even have what you used to have before you got hurt. Fair, right? And I, I definitely say that's, that's that's fair to say, man. Um, if, if people look back at 2015 and what I did in 2015 as a 28-year, I'm sure people will say, okay, yeah, Darren McFadden can still run the ball. And then, you know, coming back the next year, I had that unfortunate um, accident in the offseason where I broke my elbow. So I didn't get back into playing again until the last three games of the season. And, you know, I feel like I, I put on a decent, you know, a decent showing as far as what I can do and uh, the burst and abilities I still had. And, you know, coming into this year, I, I knew what it was with Zeke going to be the number one guy. And, you know, I figured I would get some kind of playing time, but you know, for me, unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't go that way. Yeah, it's it's. I you know, I know you didn't win the Heisman, but you're you're going to go down as one of those guys to where you're like, man, he had an incredible. And you were in a great backfield, right? I mean, um, uh, you know, you had two other incredible running backs back there with you. Of course, Felix went on and he had some stardom in the NFL, and then, um, you know, uh, your, your your fullback ends up, you know, having you know, leading the NFL in rushing one year. So I mean, like you guys had a but. The, the college career was so good that unless you became an all-timer in the NFL, it would never live up to what you did in college, right? You know, I'm sure a lot of people look at it that way, man, but, you know, I was blessed to be able to play 10 years in the league. I was blessed to have a wonderful college career, and, you know, those are some of the things that I, I continue to just move forward from. You know, it's not anything that I'm going to dwell on anything, but, you know, um, it, it took me a while. It took me four or five years before I got in the league, before I actually sat back and reflected, like, oh, man, you had a hell of a college career. So I'm sure to be the same for me going out of the league. You know, it'll take me a few years to sit back and then just reflect on it one day and be like, man, 
You know, you were blessed to play 10 years in this league. And, you know, there's not many running backs that, that, that does that. No, there's not. Um, if you were to give some of these young running backs advice, Dalvin already got hurt. He's out for the year. Dalvin Cook. Leonard Fournette's been nicked up a little bit. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, there's this big list of these young running backs. Even even Zeke, who I'm sure has called on you as kind of an old head. Like, what what's the... What's the one piece of advice you wish you had when you first were drafted by Oakland that you could give to some of these young fellas? You know, the one thing I would tell people, man, you, you got to try to just stay level, man. You know, I, I never, throughout my whole career, I never got too high, I never got too low. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that helped me with dealing with injuries and moving forward throughout my career because, you know, you, you'll get down on yourself at times, but at the same time, man, you, you know, you go out there and you help you can go out there and play ball and you know what you can do, so... You can't really dwell on the, the not being healthy aspect of it. So, you know, I just I would just tell those guys, you know, just always keep a positive mindset and keep pushing forward, and you know, it's, it's going to be better days for sure. All right, you had um, I remember you had those low riders, right? That those with the with the big wheels. You had the raised up low riders. Didn't you have a it was a red crown yeah. Vic? Is that what that was? Uh huh. Yeah. And then you had a purple one too. Kind of looked like the Joker's car. Now, right? Like, you still have them. Uh, you know, um, I feel like those were uh, phases in my life, man. Where I went through, uh, you know, being as a as a kid, and you know, um, coming from Little Rock, that was something we did in Little Rock. We put big wheels on cars, and you know, I enjoyed doing them. I guess the older I got, I kind of got away from it. But come on, you know, man, I, you got to get. You still have, got the rock. Still you still got Little Rock in you. And everything, man. You say what? You still got Little Rock in you. You can't rock just oh, yeah, one of those little rock, raised up little riders. They want to say I, I, I still have love for old school, but I, mean, I just I just don't put as big as wheels on. You know riding on big wheels like that, sitting there high off the ground all the time, you know, it kind of, it kind of becomes old to you. And that's something I feel like I got to that point. And so, you know, I still love my old school, but I just don't put as big as the wheels on them. I feel you. I do. I feel you. Hey, man, listen, uh, I, I agree with you. 10 years in the NFL, how many guys can say that in addition to the incredible, incredible college career you had as well? Um, last thing, really quickly, if you could pick the next head coach at Arkansas, who would it be? Ooh, that's a good question, man. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. You put me on the spotlight with Dome right there, man. Um, you know, I always go back to my days when I was in Arkansas, man. I was a big Houston Nut fan. I love Houston Nut, and you know that that would always be my guy, man. I feel like he done a heck of a job for the program, and you know he always had us on the right track, and you know that would always be my pick. All right, we'll see. I, I don't think they're bringing back Houston. They're talking about bringing <laughs> Gus back. We'll see if we'll see if that happens. Dmac, listen, congratulations. In, enjoy taking care of Mama, and uh, best of luck on the birth of your upcoming daughter. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, that's uh, Darren McFadden joining us. Found peace and decided to retire at the end of uh, end of a ten year NFL career, which he had an incredible college career, incredible college career. And, like, look, he's one of those guys to which, because he got hurt early in his NFL career, it was that that's why you never drafted uh, running back at four. But well, let's get to Dan Byer and get you an update on what else is going on. What you got, Dan? Yeah, it, just quickly on Darren McFadden, you're right. He, I think that he was grouped into that group of Trent Richardson um, and C.J. Spiller was a top ten pick and guys that maybe were so electric in college but didn't pan out. So for a while, the NFL team stayed away and – Fair or unfair, it just happened, and now it seems like there could be a resurgence with, resurgence with Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott and the like, and maybe ne- next year, Saquon Barkley. Um, let's uh, let's start in golf. Tiger Woods, seven under par after two rounds of play at the Hero World Challenge. He is currently five shots back of the lead, held by Charlie Hoffman. Tiger, one better than he was yesterday, a four under 68 today, as he's currently in a tie for fifth place. Jimbo Fisher saying goodbye, Tallahassee. Hello, College Station. The Florida State head football coach leaving 
FSU to coach Texas A&M. Fisher will not coach the Seminoles in their regular season finale tomorrow against Louisiana Monroe, who reportedly is going to get a 10-year deal worth $75 million to coach the Texas A&M Aggies. Tennessee AD John Curry's been dismissed from his post. If Curry is fired without cause, the school would owe him a $5.5 million buyout, a press conference going on as we speak in Knoxville. And the Ole Miss football program was hit with a two-year bowl ban following an NCAA investigation. program was hit with scholarship reductions as well after it was discovered players and recruits were given cash, cars, and also altered test scores. Aaron Rodgers could practice tomorrow for the Green Bay Packers. That'd be the first time since he broke his collarbone. Falcons will be without corner Desmond Trufant against the Vikings because of a concussion. And the World Cup hype yeah, is no more, at least in the States, but today the World Cup draw took place. Defending champ Germany in Group F, along with Mexico, of course. You'll see the World Cup next summer on Fox. Doug? Uh, I guess Texas A&M, excuse me, Tennessee's chancellor's having a press conference being televised live, and uh, boy. Yep. Uh, and Philip uh, Fulmer's been named the, uh, the AD, something that people feel that maybe he was angling for yeah no i mean um that's it, it fascinating what exactly what has happened in the past 24 hours there i mean really really kind of amazing stuff doug gottlieb show here on fox sports radio um man we got a lot to get to Whew. incredible amount to get to had lorenzo alexander earlier on and uh, just had darren mcfadden on uh, let's welcome in with, with the, the news of the day. The news of the day is Florida State lost their head coach as uh, as uh, Jimbo Fisher, who, remember, once upon a time was the offensive coordinator with LSU that won a national championship. He goes to Florida State, head coach in waiting, becomes the head coach, turns the thing around, wins the national championship. Injury to De- DeAndre Francois this year after winning the bowl game with the freshman last year against Michigan. And they have a, a disappointing season and he departs 10 years, $75 million. Let's welcome in Danny Cannell. Of course, you hear him calling games on Fox Sports 1 on weekends. He's also got his own podcast with my boy Rajah Bell. Danny Cannell joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. DK, what, what's your reaction to Jimbo's move leaving Florida State, one of the premier programs, one, of course, you quarterbacked, and, and going to Texas A&M? It's all about the money, Doug. Follow the money trail, man. That is a big contract, 10 years. $75 million of the reported numbers coming out of there, and I don't blame him. You know, I think some Florida State fans will be a little bit salty saying, how could he do us like that? How could he leave? But you know what? I think you have to see it as a blessing in disguise if you're Florida State. If you look at Jimbo's tenure at Florida State, I think it was a success by all means. Bring him the national championship with Jameis Winston was there. They had an incredible run. But I don't know how long it was sustainable. And the money, they kept getting into an arms race with other schools that had expressed interest in Jimbo, so much so that they had given him a $40 million buyout in his clause, which was really becoming untenable. Like Jimbo Fisher really had Florida State over a barrel if things went south. And if they continued to go south the way they did this season, Florida State had really no options except to keep him. So I think it could be seen as a good thing. Florida State will get the pick. Uh, of whoever they want as far as the next head coach. And I think Florida State has been fairly wise about this. I think they kind of saw this coming, so they've been doing their due diligence behind the scenes, making sure they have options available. And I think they're going to be in a good spot once it's all said and done. I think I think Jimbo Fisher will look back at this one day. I think, yeah, financially he'll be set for life if he wasn't already. But I think he might look at this one day and say, man, I, I, I wonder what could have happened if I had stayed in Tallahassee because 
we know college uh, station, the expectations are Texas A&M are going to be off the charts with this contract. Now, look, the expectation of Florida State are pretty high, too. Like, if he had another disappointing year next year at Florida State, they would be on him, too, wouldn't they? Oh, for sure. And that's the thing. That's why I'm not mad at Jimbo Fisher, because I've, I've been in that, you know, that cauldron of Florida State. You know, I've been booed as a quarterback, and you get a little bit bitter as a player, as a coach, saying, hey, are, is, are they only going to cheer for me if I win? And so I'm sure Jimbo experienced that. There was a confrontation with a fan after – uh, a game this season early, about midway point of the season, where he almost got into it with a fan. There was a ton of pressure on Jimbo to make changes to his staff. Uh, they wanted him to fire his offensive line coach, Rick Trickett. They wanted him to fire his defensive coordinator, Charles Kelly. And, you know, Jimbo's probably saying, look, these, these guys helped bring this program to where it is today. Now you want me to fire them? So I get it. It's a strenuous relationship, and there is a ton of pressure that's winning there uh, to win in Tallahassee. But I still think, ultimately, I think Jimbo's going to look back at this and say it was a lot easier because you're, now you're at Texas A&M. You're going to have to go up against Alabama, Auburn, LSU, uh, both schools from Mississippi, uh, Arkansas. You know, that, that's one of the toughest divisions in college football. Now you're going to have to recruit and go up against hold, those hold, programs. Hold, hold, DK, DK, hold on. I follow uh-huh. you on Twitter. I, I, I used to do the radio show with my boy Rosillo. I yep. watch you on TV. You kill uh-huh. the SEC as being overrated all the time and how difficult the ACC is. Yep. Plus, he was in the state of Florida where you had to play Florida every year. Miami's got its stuff back together. you got to compete yep. with Miami every year. Plus, you got Clemson to play uh, to play as well. Like you, You've spent the past five years of my college football watching existence telling me the SEC's overrated, the ACC's underrated. Now you're telling me the SEC's harder? I think we've come back to a point of balance, Doug. you got to pay attention, man. Because there was a point where the way people talked about the SEC, it was like you're playing in the AFC South, not the SEC West. I mean, it got a little bit of hyperbole was there. And they're both tough. I mean, if you look at what Florida State's had to do going against Clemson, going against Lamar Jackson at Louisville, uh, Miami's not on their side of the division, but they're going to play them every year as a rival. There's no doubt it's tough. But I just feel like the spending that takes place within the SEC – is going to, you know, you're in an arms race with facilities. And it's it's really, it's a tough ask for these ACC programs to keep up with. Now, Clemson, I think that was a point of contention with Jimbo. He wanted to get into this arms race and have the facilities that Clemson had. Clemson basically has an amusement park. They don't have a football office. They have an amusement park. And Jimbo said, hey, I want that. I want that. And I think the boosters and the administration got tired of him saying, man, we've already given you the indoor practice facility. We've, we've remodeled the locker room. We've given you all this stuff, and you want more? And I think at a time that this, both parties looked at each other and said, we just can't keep this going. And I, I, I really honestly believe it's probably better for both sides. It's better for Florida State, and it's better for Jimbo that they move on. And Because it was getting to a point where I think it would have been really ugly if Jimbo Fisher had coached tomorrow against Louisiana Monroe in their last game of the year, I think it would have been an ugly scene. And I'm glad that at least this was taken care of before that went down. Um, all right. So if if you if they call you and they say, Danny, you've been covering this thing uh, for two different places. You have really good perspective. You understand the sport. You understand Florida State. You understand you know what it's going to take to win nationally, compete in recruiting. Who should they hire? What's the give me the give me the give me the five the the order of the calls one through five? Uh, so I actually I have talked to them. I've, I've been in contact with Florida State. I've tried to you know I've given them as much advice as I can. The first bit of advice I would be slow down. <laughs> you don't have to go out and hire the first name available or the first coach available. I would go out. I would listen to several options. Willie Taggart 
is the name that everybody's going to. That's the default one. The head coach of Oregon grew up in Florida, had a great run in South Florida before he went to Oregon to take that job. I think he would love to get back. I think he's an outstanding recruiter. I think he could amass a staff that would be exceptional. I think you have to call Scott Frost at Nebraska. I think you have to call Scott Frost and just kind of, or excuse me, at UCF, kind of kick the tires on that one, see if he has any interest in taking, you know, maybe Florida State over um, Nebraska. I think you also have to look at Virginia Tech as a possible and look at Justin Fuente uh, and see where he is. But I think ultimately your phone is going to be ringing off the hook in Tallahassee if coaches wanting that job. Danny Cannell joining us on on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I, I Look, I generally agree with you. Let me ask you about the other story of the day, which is the Tennessee thing. Uh, I don't know if Phil Fulmer, if this was a coup d'etat that he was able to execute uh, perfectly so that he could take back control of the football program he once led, but that's what's happened. How recoverable is it for, for Tennessee? How can they, can they recover, make the right hire and recover from the debacle that's been this coaching search? I mean, this has been embarrassing. I, I've talked to some uh, Tennessee Vols fans and alumni that are embarrassed the way it went down. Of course, those aren't the ones you're hearing about because you're hearing about the vocal minority who have been very vocal and they've voiced their, quote, power to the full extent. But I think that's put them in a worse place. Uh, I think that's why you're seeing coaches flee from this program like it's the plague, like nobody wants this job. Because what does it say if the fans, quote, have this power? What does that say? What are you going to do as a coach if you if there's a 4-8 and eight opening season and maybe a 6-6 six and six in your second year, which is better, but it's not going to be enough for that fan base, and if they can go wield their, quote, power that they've got, where does that leave you? So I think that's a little scary for a lot of coaches to look at that type of situation where it's volatile and there is no true leadership. I'm not surprised John Curry lost his job as the athletic director. The way he's handled this has been just abysmal. The lack of leadership, the the lack of fortitude to stand up to the fan base and say, look, we did our due diligence on Greg Schiano. This is the right hire. I I think that was very lame, the way that he waited 24 hours and then let the fans dictate what went down. I think this is kind of pointing in the direction where Philip Fulmer takes over now as the interim AD, and it sure feels like T. Martin, who brought him a national championship, is at USC now on that coaching staff, might be the only option they can go with. I know they're kicking the tires on Mike Leach and and Kevin Sumlin, but even those coaches, I just don't know if they're going to see that as a destination spot with what a mess it is. And T. Martin would come back, and I don't know how that works out for a coach in his first spot having to deal with the expectations of bringing them a championship. They're going to be out off the charts high expectations. And the SEC East, which is getting better with Georgia and Florida, you know, uh, making headways with either the play on the field or with Dan Mullen going to Gainesville. Going to be fascinating. I know you got to get on a plane. What, what's the game you got this weekend? The ACC championship headed to Charlotte, a plane full of hurricanes. So wish me luck. Awesome. I'm, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. I'm sure they're going to be talking a lot of junk about you losing your coach to Texas A&M to the Aggies. In the meantime, keep up the good work. Tell my boy Rajah Bell, I said hello. Like the podcast a great deal. Thanks for joining us. You got it, Doug. Have a good weekend. All right, that's DK Danny Cannell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Yeah, the uh, we'll get into the the T Martin thing. Um, I do think that the the that's one of the reasons you hire one of your own, so that if there are growing pains, you go like, "Hey, look, he's one of our own. It's a bit of a mess." And they bottomed out this year. You can't get any worse than no wins in in the uh, in the SEC. Is LeBron James having the best season of his career so far? Nick Wright thinks so. 
He's also part of the LeBron James fan club. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Watching the sunset over the Monongahela here in Pittsburgh. Did I pronounce it right? Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, every day at this time, we play for you a portion of a show on earlier in the day, whether it's Outkick the Coverage, Clay Travis, uh, who did make a, gr- a good point about, hey, the consumer is always right. We'll get to that upcoming. Um, uh, Rich Eisen's show, Dan Patrick's show, Colin Cowherd's show. I met the Gorman boys yesterday in Nashville, or is that two, day, two days ago in Nashville? All the days are running together. Uh, we bring back a portion of a show earlier the last 24 hours in Fox Sports Radio, we call it. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Earlier today on First Things First, the TV show you can hear on Sirius XM Channel 83, Nick Wright had this to say about LeBron James. For people, if they're asking, because it says, is LeBron still getting better? Like, the, the, the evidence we have, and again, it's through a quarter of the season, so it's small sample size, but not a tiny sample size, is the best year LeBron's ever had versus this year. The year he was one vote shy of being the unanimous MVP, show the numbers. Just this year, he's averaging more points, shooting a better percentage from the field, a better percentage from three, more rebounds, more assists. I mean, what more? Like, the, that was the, people thought that was the pinnacle of his career. The year they had the 27-game winning streak, he had 119 out of 121st place MVP votes. He's been better this year than last year. Um, yeah, I, I think statistically it's fair, it's fair to say. Well, he's been great. He's been great. And as he's played his way into better shape, he's been better defensively. I think it's also important to, to point out, um, one, the East stinks. I mean, and the East stinks at a level to which it hasn't stunk in a couple of years. Uh, secondly, that as good as LeBron's been, like one of the things that we usually point out about LeBron is that he makes guys better. And he himself hasn't been great at times defensively. They've been terrible as a team defensively. And so he gets credit for kind of highlight defensive plays more than being solid in defensive plays. But if you want to tell me that he's having his most efficient and best uh, offensive statistical season in his career, I'm, I'm more than okay with that because I think that's the reality. And that's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? So uh, Clay Travis earlier today said, uh, was, was talking about the Tennessee coaching search and he didn't say the, he didn't, he didn't say it, but the phrase is the customer is always right. Right. That the customer is always right. Like it's not, it's it, his thing was, Hey, look, at Tennessee, if the customer, the consumer is the one revolting, well, then you got to listen to the consumer. And he's right. Here's where he's wrong. When, when they're reacting to misinformation, that's what's wrong about what happened in Tennessee. It's not wrong to say, we don't like the hire, we're not going to buy season tickets. It's not wrong to say, we don't like the hire, you got to prove it to us. It's wrong to say, hey, he's not that good a coach at Rutgers. Like, you you it's your job in sports radio to provide, you can provide opinion, but you got to provide honest perspective. Like the dude took over Rutgers. This is like, um, Bill Snyder. You guys know who Bill Snyder is? 
music? Do you know who Bill? When I say Bill Snyder, Coach Bill Snyder, do you know who he is? Kansas State football head coach for yeah. what seems like forever now. For it's two different stints actually. Um, is is Bill Snyder? Okay, Bill Snyder's career record uh, is two hundred and nine, one ten and one. His record at Kansas State. Remember, he's had he's had two different tenures at Kansas State. Um, over the last. Over the last couple of years, this year it's seven and five. Previous year nine and four, six and seven, nine and four, eight and five. He was eleven and two and ten and three in uh, 2012. So, to somebody who looks at his career record at Kansas State or his second tenure at Kansas State, they would say, "Eh, it's been okay." The problem is they don't have the perspective of understanding that the thing was a mess when he left. And it was, they were the worst program before he got there in 1989. You know, his first year, they won one game. Won one game. And if you look at his first tenure at Kansas State in the snapshot of the same amount of time that Shiano was at Rutgers, he did the same thing. Built a nothing program. Kansas State was the laughing stock of college football forever. And he built it into a power. Now, they never won a national championship, never got to play in the national championship game. And you always get criticized for a soft schedule. People miss the point. The point was what he was able to do. This is the, the Dick Bennett theory. You know, well, Dick Bennett, he only coached in one Final Four. Like, yeah, okay, but before he was at Wisconsin, they hadn't been to the NCAA tournament in 30 years. So um, I don't mind that the consumer has made their voice heard. I just think the Penn State thing, there was some misinformation by my in terms of the the likelihood that he was really close to that Penn State situation, right? It was like double hearsay, and his Rutgers at, at his record at Rutgers was misrepresented because the, the whole picture wasn't presented. The consumer is right, but it's our job as sports radio hosts or leaders of revolt to provide an accurate assessment of why they should revolt. All right, upcoming next, Tennessee has new leadership. You'll hear from him next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So fired up about football this weekend, right? And, like, it's the hypocrisy of college football. Because what do they tell you about college football? Every weekend matters, Right? Every weekend matters. Yeah, every weekend matters. Wisconsin has not lost a game this year. They lose. They're not going to the college fall playoff. Um, Ohio State has lost two games this year. One at home, blown out by Oklahoma. One on the road, blown out by Iowa, who's not in the conversation of being one of the elite teams. And yet, if they win, they're far more likely to go to the college fall playoff than Wisconsin, who has not lost a game this year. Now, look, I'm not going to argue about strength of schedule. I'm not. Uh, I would happen to point out that uh, that Ohio State beat Michigan, and so too did Wisconsin. Ohio State beat, beat Penn State, of course. Uh, Wisconsin didn't play Penn State, but Ohio State uh, lost to Iowa, and Wisconsin beat Iowa, albeit at home. So, I mean, there, there are all those games. But the, the point is, you are lied to. And look, we all know we're lied to. We're lied to by women all the time. Women wear heels. They're not actually that tall. Women wear Makeup around their eyes. They don't look, their lashes can be fake. Like, they don't look like that. Hair can be darkened. 
boobs can be made boobrier. Right? So women, they essentially lied to us all the time. And we were like, okay. Why? Because they're better than us, they're smarter than us, and they're much better looking than us. And we have to be okay with the little lies, knowing we got to be honest ourselves because they know they're better than us, better looking than us, and smarter than us. They know these things. Football's the exact same thing. College football especially. It knows we want it, we need it, we have to find a reason to be attracted to it. Right? So it tells us, hey, every game matters. Hey, every game matters in college football. Right? Every game matters. Really? Because Auburn lost twice this year. And they're ranked number two. Wisconsin hasn't lost this year. And they're ranked behind them. Auburn has two big wins. They're both at home. Huh. What's that worth? Fascinating stuff, isn't it? But every game matters more and really matters this weekend. And somehow Alabama, who only lost one game but doesn't get to play this weekend, runs the risk of getting boat raced by teams that are playing. My guess is Oklahoma wins. My guess is that Clemson wins. My guess is that Ohio State wins. My guess is that uh, well, the SEC one's interesting. I'll give you my picks, my official picks, a little bit later on in the show, 5-5. Five and five. But the amazing thing about college football is, instead of paying attention to the games this weekend, I mean, how much have we talked about the games? Not much. We're talking about a team that has didn't win a game in the SEC. We're talking about Tennessee. The Tennessee thing is, uh, it's like a thirty for. It's got to be a thirty for thirty at some point. I mean, this story where everyone seemed to know Butch Jones. People thought Butch Jones should be fired last year. He had mass wholesale injuries. They lost a bunch of close games. Uh, then towards the end of the year, he said they were the champions of life, trying to give his players credit for competing through the adversity of all the injuries they suffered, which I think is a reasonable thing. Just didn't go over well. Uh, then this year, you know, they lost close games early on as is a part, as the, part of the course for, for Tennessee. And then kind of the, the roof fell in and playing a far too difficult a schedule. They didn't win a game in SEC play. And so Butch Jones was fired. He's out. By mid-year, you knew Butch Jones was going to be fired. There should have been a plan in place. John Curry is their new athletic director, or was their new athletic director until today. He targeted Greg Schiano, and most people believe that the targeting of Greg Schiano comes from Jimmy Haslam, who's the owner of the Cleveland Browns and a big donor to the University of Tennessee. And the problem, like so many of these universities, is you got all these different factions. You got the Phil Fulmer faction with the former players. You got Peyton Manning. You got Peyton Manning's faction, and who did play for Philip Fulmer, but has his own football opinion. And you have Jimmy Haslam, who doesn't have a football background, but does have a strong opinion of his own opinions and a strong opinion, especially of himself. And so they were going to hire Shiano. And between the fact that his record on paper wasn't as good as his record in reality. And the fact that he's just an assistant coach, albeit at Ohio State as their D coordinator in charge of their defensive line, which is phenomenal. And the fact that he was at Penn State uh, during the Jerry Sandusky era and in a civil disposition, his name was mentioned 
having potentially heard a story from somebody else about him going back, something that was released a year ago. Tennessee fans, for whatever reason, chose to revolt by my by my estimation on bad information, and they pulled the plug on uh, on that hiring. And you know with the rest. So Philip Fulmer, heavy as he's known, coach who had won a national championship with T. Martin as his quarterback, didn't win one and couldn't solve the Florida problem when Peyton Manning was there. They kept losing to Florida and Steve Spurrier. He was named today the new full-time athletic director at, at Tennessee. Here's Fulmer. Our first job is to turn around our football program. Our football teams in recent years have struggled for a variety of reasons, but through it all, we have been supported by the most passionate fan base in the country. These great fans deserve teams that make them proud. Hmm. So look, I think he wants to be the people's choice, and he was, in fact, the people's choice. This is a coup d'etat. That's all this was. This was a coup d'etat. You know, Philip Fulmer did not like the athletic director, did not like that Jimmy Haslam uh, probably shunned him as athletic director, and he found a way and found a weakness and found the very right moment to execute an outstanding coup d'etat. That's, by the way, one of my favorite. Is, is it? It's French, isn't it? Coup d'etat is French. It's not. You know who you know who I'll go to for uh, for my French. I'll go to to John Ramos. He's uh, fluent in French. C'est la vie. Coup d'état is a sudden and, and decisive action in politics, especially one resulting in a change illegally or by force. That is a coup d'état. Right. It's an overthrow, a rebellion, a revolution, an uprising. This is a coup d'état, and he is the new. Um, uh, what do they what do they call it when you're the leader in a foreign country a lot of times you're not not a monarch you're um what do you think music what would you call him a dictator yeah kind of think he's a dictator but he wants to be the people's dictator right because he wasn't elected now he was appointed yeah this is a coup d'etat that exactly is a coup d'etat that's exactly what it is. Uh, exactly what it is. <clears throat> so, hmm. now what happens with Tennessee? I mean, the, I'll give you the other problem. And look, we all think that Peyton Manning is the character that he's created on television, right? Everybody thinks that's who that guy is. If you've learned nothing from... Charlie Rose and Matt Lauer and even uh, Russell Simmons ouster, right? Like Russell Simmons, who left his company at Def Jam after two accusations of sexual assault. Like remember Russ, remember Def Comedy Jam? And they call him up and he go, thank y'all for coming out. Good night. Peace. Good night. Remember that? Like they call him up like Russell Simmons is always just like, man, that's a great guess. The nicest guy ever. Look at all these people he gives opportunities to. He's the greatest. Matt Lauer, I mean, look, Matt Lauer had, you know, he just has a, you have to appeal to women and they have to trust you in order to have that job with the Today Show. But that's where that, that's where that show is. You got to be good looking, but you have to have a warmth to you to where they like you, they'd like to get with you, but they want to trust you as well. A lot about trust. 
Matt Lauer just had a great way about him. Charlie Rose is like everybody's grandpa. Then you're like, dude, Charlie Rose is walking around his office naked. Like, hey, can you come in here and uh, help me out in the shower when he's got female exec- female assistants? Matt Lauer's got like a bag of sex toys at, at his desk at work. And Russell Simmons is like jumping, jumping ladies that he offers to give a, a ride to. Ride home to. If you've learned nothing else by all of these sexual harassment and worse claims against men in the Me Too campaign, you should learn that what you see on TV, what you hear on radio, is in many ways the character or caricature of a person that they've created. So I'm going to tell you something about Peyton Manning. I'm not sure he wants T. Martin to have the job. Now you might think to yourself, why would Peyton Manning who by some people's estimation is the greatest quarterback of all time, an incredible ambassador to Tennessee, beloved on TV commercials, could run any football organization he wants. Hell, he could be the next head coach of Tennessee. I don't think he wants that, but he could, and he'd be great at it. Why would Peyton Manning not want T. Martin to be the head coach? Music, why do you think that is? Because he wants to be known as the best quarterback in Tennessee history. Uh, I think he'll always be known as the best quarterback in Tennessee history. But I think, like, look, if T. Martin does well there, T. Martin be the first black head coach there, T. Martin won a national championship there, T. Martin wins this, like, T. Martin be the dude. He'll be known for doing the most for the actual university University, football team as opposed to Peyton Manning will have the more glorified NFL career. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know we think, and I'm not saying Peyton's a bad guy. And you know what? I'm sure the way in which he's smartly critiquing the potential of T. Martin as a hire isn't the worst critique in the world. Like, hey, I don't know how to break this to you, but that's not his offense. They're not really that well coached this year. I like Sam Darrell makes plays on his own. And the new wide receivers that T brought in haven't been great. And he coaches the wide receivers specifically like he's good, but he's going to be. And, and, and to take Clay Travis from Alex the coverage, you joined us earlier this week. You should download that uh, interview on, on the podcast to take Clay's, you know, Clay is his whole argument against Greg Schiano was, well, tell me another job he's up for. Right. And my argument about Schiano was, I think he would have been up for several of these jobs. Maybe not at the Tennessee level, but several of these jobs, just Tennessee killed any chance that he'll have of being hired this year. But um, tell me a job that T. Martin could get. I don't mind the T. Martin thing if he, they call T. in and he's like, look, here's what we're doing on offense, here's what we're doing on defense, here's the guys we're hiring. I do think because, and I told you guys this with my own uh, lust to be the head coach at, at Oklahoma State in the summer was I, I'll be completely candid with you. I think any in recruiting, you're telling a story. And when you're telling your story, it's even more powerful. And in all honesty, uh, who would know whether or not he has the stuff to become the head coach more than Philip Fulmer. But this was a coup d'etat. And I think that Peyton's ego sensibility uh, desire to always be the guy, I'm sure that's probably affecting some of his feedback and why the T. Martin call hasn't been made already. Coup de 
Utah. Mohamed Sanu of the Falcons joins the show up coming next. I'll ask him about his beautiful 51-yard touchdown pass to Julio Jones and uh, what he thinks of this Vikings defense they prepare for this upcoming Sunday. That's upcoming next. But first, you've heard me talk about the amazing shave I get my, for my Dollar Shave Club razor, especially when I use their Dr. Carver shave butter. Well, I'm here to tell you I'm never giving up my membership. In fact, I'm adding even more Dollar Shave Club products to my routine. They now have toothpaste and toothbrushes for my teeth. Uh, plus, they have stuff for your hair, your face, your skin, your shower. Uh, I use their lotion on a daily basis. It's fantastic. It's all the original stuff, finest premium ingredients. They deliver it right to you, not just your razors, but anything you order. So I want you to love Dollar Shave Club as much as I do. So here's what I've arranged for you. First month, their best razor. It's called the Executive Razor. Along with travel size versions of the shave butter. It's like shave cream, only butter better. Body cleanser and butt wipes. I, I take these, uh, they're called One Wipe Charlies. I take them with me everywhere I go. Got to be clean and crisp in the backside. After that, replacement cartridge ship for just a few bucks a month. It's the Dollar Shave Club starter set. Get yours for five bucks. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B. Dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Biggest game in the NFL this weekend could easily be the Vikings taking on the, the Falcons. Uh, Vikings, by some people's estimation, some people's estimation, favorite to reach the NFC Championship game, maybe even the Super Bowl. Obviously, Eagles, the hottest team in the National Football League. They've blown teams out. Team that went to the Super Bowl last year and was, of course, uh, what you would think is maybe one first down away from or one made field goal away from winning a Super Bowl would be uh, the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Mohamed Sanu, of course, you see him as a wide receiver. He also throws the football. And uh, he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. My Cleats, My Cause weekend. What's, uh, what's your cause this weekend? Um, well, I, I, I decided between, you know, the autism and uh, the, uh, my four children's cancer, which is, you know, you know, for me it's all about the kids. And uh, it's all it's all it's all love for me. I, I like I like spreading love and, and joy to the children. You know when you know they're not feeling the best about themselves or, or in a great great mood. You know, so for me, it's all about the kids. So the cleats that you're gonna wear, have you seen them yet? No, I haven't. Did you did you like? How do you have them? How does it work? Like I think that's one of the questions we like. How does it work? Do you, do you have a guy who designs your cleats, or does somebody else yeah. have a guy? Who, what what happened? Well, I, well, for me, I, I go weekly, uh, get my cleats painted, and I have a guy that I go to, uh, Des Customs, and create a pick customs out in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And they, um, you know, I just give them my idea, but this week I told them the cause was, and, you know, I just let them run with it. Um, you know, I have confidence in those guys because I've been working with those guys for four years now. So, you know, I just let them, you know, do their creative minds. That's what they do. So I just think to football. Mohamed Sanu joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you realize you have a perfect quarterback rating, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Have you have you let Matt know that you have a perfect quarterback rating? No, nah, you know, sometimes joking, jokingly, but not not really. I mean, that guy's dropped a lot of dimes as well, and you know, there's times where, you know, if I, I'm sure if I were to throw as many passes as he's thrown, I would not be perfect. So. Trust me, I don't ever try to, you know, rub in his face or anything like that. 
Uh, I got to ask you, Coach Shiano, Greg Shiano, who you played for at Rutgers, was you know he was going to get the Tennessee job, and among the things that were said about him was, ah, he was just okay at Rutgers. Like, I I I remember you guys being really good and being terrible before he got here. You played yeah. for Greg Shiano. Tell me about him as a head coach. I think he's a phenomenal head coach. I don't know what what they were talking about. Uh, some sometimes people misconstrue a lot of things and feel like they know something that they don't really know nothing about. I mean, you know, he came to Rutgers when we were literally the worst, you know, college program in the country, and he flipped the flipped, flipped that program around. And I mean, we became top ten in the nation. Uh, we won. It was a year we won eleven games and things of that nature, just all because of him and the culture that he brought. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know who, who, who said that or what they were talking about, but, I mean, they, are, they got some bad information. <laughs> that's that's what I thought. Like, look, I've been around, I've been doing this thing for a while, and, like, look, when you, you grew up in Jersey, and so when you grew up in Jersey, like, nobody talked about Rutgers football. They were terrible. And then when you were there, you guys had you guys had great teams, obviously getting recruiting great players, you, Ray Rice, others, McC- McCourty going, going off to the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. But but like th- that's accurate that it was nothing then it was something and of course now struggling in the Big Ten I think eventually they'll get up and they'll be competitive in the Big Ten at, at some level but like when you were a kid nobody talked about Rutgers football correct No I mean growing up I literally lived on the campus as a kid I was born up the street and I had no idea what Rutgers football was when I was a kid. That's nuts. And it's like, I think they played the first ever college football game, too. Like, I remember that when you played, they were celebrating, like, hey, we've actually, and like, no one knew because they'd been so bad for for so long. Um, All right, let's get to the Falcons. Uh, This obviously is a very, very big week. Why, statistically, Vikings defense off the charts, when you prepare for it, what do you see that's impressive? They are always around the football. I mean, they have six, seven, eight guys around the football all, at all times. And they're, they're, they swarm a lot. And, you know, Coach Zimmer, you know, I was with Coach Zimmer for a couple years in Cincinnati, and I, I know how he prepares his guys. So, you know, they're going to be well prepared, and those guys are going to compete compete their tails off. And it's going to be a fun matchup. You know, I'm excited. Yeah, he does this thing to where, and I know he did it. We saw you guys on Hard Knocks when you were in Cincinnati as well, where, like, he he always he, he, he plays the underdog card himself, and we've talked to some of their players, like, yeah, like even the Case Keenum thing, like not naming him, saying he's the start of the rest of the year. It's his way of, like, motivating guys. Uh, is that a fair depiction of finding ways to get all those guys to compete at a level, maybe above their normal level? I mean, Coach, Coach Zimmer, uh, I, I know how he, he likes to get the best out of his guys, and he knows exactly how to do so. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how he does it, but he, he has a creative way of doing so. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, how, how those guys play. And how we play against them is going to be a fun matchup. Oh, it's going to be a fun matchup. Look, uh, three of your last five are at home. You guys have won three in a row, won four out of your last five games uh, after that awful three-game losing streak. What's what's changed? Why, why are the results so much better? Uh, we're, we're just out there having fun. Uh, I feel like we, we figured out our, our identity. We, you know, we, we got a swagger back, and we're just out there having a good time. We prepare well throughout the entire week. And, you know, everybody's feeding off each other. Uh, we, we know, you know, where we need to be and how to get there, and we're just progressing each week. Unfortunately, Desmond Trufant's going to be out this weekend with a concussion that was uh, announced uh, earlier today. The Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Mohamed Sanu joining us. You said we got our swagger back. 
I know Julio said you got your swagger back, but isn't saying we got our swagger back admitting that you had lost your swagger? I mean, there's a, there was a three-game span where we didn't play well. We didn't play like ourselves. And uh, we, we weren't we weren't the team that, you know, we believed that we, we should be. And, you know, we had to find find a way to, to get to where we needed to go. And we, you know, we just stuck to the, up to the plan and the formula that we, we always know so we just kept you know trusting the, the process and the, you know the brotherhood we stayed we grew even tighter through those tough situations and uh you know we depended on one another to you know to bring each other close and that's exactly what happened yeah and you had Devonte back too coming off of his own concussion so i mean now you have Devonte and tevin coleman back there that dynamic one-two combination running the football that should change things dramatically well listen if uh, if matt needs you to come in and take some snaps we know you're ready uh we really appreciate you joining us and telling us about your cleats for the weekend and thanks for joining us on fox sports radio all right that's muhammad sanu joining us on the doug gottlieb show <laughs> he's like dude i grew up on the campus of Rutgers, and I did not know anything about Rutgers football. And when I was there, we won 11 games. And, like, look, I, the, the truth is, and he gives credit to Shiano, and he said the culture or whatever. They did a great job recruiting, too, finding guys, uh, Devin, the McCourty twins, Muhammad Sanu, uh, Ray Rice. Like, they had good play, had really good players. Nobody does it without good players. But you, you want to talk about bad information. Tennessee got bad information. So my problem is not my problem is not with Tennessee's, you know, revolt over a coaching. It's the problem is that the information that was being pumped out there was by people who didn't know anything. Like I love Clay Travis, but he clearly doesn't know anything about Rutgers football. Nothing. And he hadn't talked to anybody about it. Like his his view of Rutgers football was, well, Shiano sucked in the pros. Like, Steve Spurrier sucked in the pros. He was an amazing foot college football coach. Amazing. Lou Holtz sucked in the pros. He was an amazing college football coach. Like, you could kind of go guy by guy by guy, and with the exception of, of Pete Carroll, and remember when Pete Carroll got the job with USC, he was, he was a, a floundering NFL coach. Let's get to Dan Byer and find out what else is going on in sports. What do you got, Dan? We'll uh, start in golf. Tiger Woods wrapping up his second round of the Hero World Challenge today. A round of 64. That's good for four under, and Tiger is seven under par through 36 holes. I had a difficult time all day with, with my speed on the, on the greens. They seemed to be like about a foot faster. Um, they were dry. Uh, they were rolling out, and... I airmailed a few of them well past the hole, but I really did struggle with my speed. Yeah, it's only the second round that he's played in, what, 300 and some days. Competitive round that is. Charlie Hoffman leads at 12 under par after two rounds of play. Jimbo Fisher leaving Florida State, set to become the new head football coach at Texas A&M, while the Ole Miss football program was hit with a two-year bowl ban today following an NCAA investigation. Big news in Knoxville. This morning I decided to make a change in leadership in our athletics department. It's a decision I feel that was in the best interest of our university. John Curry has been suspended, and Philip Fulmer has agreed to step in as our athletic director. That's Chancellor Beverly Davenport with the announcement today. So Philip Fulmer will now take over the Tennessee coaching search. Of course, Fulmer was once the head coach of the Vols, leading them to a national title in 1998. How about some injury news in the NFL? 
Doug, you just spoke with Mohamed Sanu. Looks like that the Falcons will be without Desmond Trufant in that game against Minnesota. He's out with a concussion. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers could practice tomorrow for the first time since breaking his collarbone. Earlier this season, Green Bay has Tampa Bay coming up on Sunday, but the Packers did place running back Ty Montgomery on injured reserve. And you may have missed it today, but the draw for the 2018 World Cup took place. Group F has defending champion Germany. They will face Mexico, who's also in the same group, in their first match next summer in Russia. You want to talk about something nobody cares? We went from everybody cares to nobody it's cares. It's amazing. This would have been a huge day for Oh, it would have been a yeah. massive day on Fox Sports 1. Massive. Yep. And I'm, I mean, zero you-know-what's given. Zero. And you know what, Doug? It's interesting because the World Cup's going to expand to 48 countries in 2022. And that's also a a World Cup that's going to be in the fall because of the heat in Qatar. They're going to have it in November and December. So, like, the the real true test of getting to the World Cup is changing as we know it um, after this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, look, it's it's going to be even more watered down than the NCAA tournament has been watered down. Yeah. uh, To be to be completely candid with you. All right, uh, it's the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks to Muhammad Snoop. What a great list of guests we had today. Unbelievable list of guests. Uh, music, you want to go through all the all the guys we've had this week? This week, it's been uh, it's been a great week by Cindy Katz. Today we had Darren McFadden. We mm-hmm. had uh, Muhammad D- Sanu. Darren McFadden talking about retiring, talking about uh, uh, the Cowboys, and, and then we just had Muhammad Sanu talking about Greg Schiano and what's changed with the – with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. We had Brad Stevens, right? That's right. Uh, David Griffin, former Cavs GM. Clay Helton. Dwayne Brown. Uh, yesterday we had Cooper Cup. It's been a good Renzo week. Renzo Alexander today was really right. good from the Buffalo Bills. He's outstanding. All right. So, listen, you can download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Any of these interviews you missed, you can. there's plus the best of pod. And if you don't like the best stuff, pod complain to music because I think he puts it together. Let's get to my pick. I want winners. Well, we got them. Five NFL, five college. Five on three. One, two, three. Five. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's go, five. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Shall we get to some college football picks? I have to give four of them, and I'm going to give you. All winners this week. I feel really, really good about my picks. I just do. Kind of in that uh, in that zone. Uh, let's start with today. Pac-12 championship game. USC. USC uh, traveling to Santa Clara. Take on Stanford. Uh, it is important to know that when the Trojans beat Stanford early in this year, we talked to Clay Helton about it early in the week. He's like two completely different teams. Remember, uh, Ronald Jones and Stephen Carr both rushed for over 100 yards. They just ran the ball over and through Stanford. Um, David Shaw has talked about having to, lim- to limit their explosive plays. That, that sounds great. And remember, Sam Darnold was really efficient, 21 of 26. But he's been playing better football of late. I still like SC, and I like to win by a fairly sizable margin. Should be pointed out that the Pac-12 North, that would be Stanford, is 6-0 in Pac-12 championship games. The South has never won. But unlike the United States where I don't buy the South will rise again, yeah, you lost the Confederacy. You lost when you're the Confederacy. The South and the Pac-12 will rise tonight. We'll take USC and I'm going to lay the points. Uh, let's go to the Big 12 championship game, which you can see on Fox tomorrow. 
at, uh, what is it, 1.30 Eastern time? Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma taking on TCU. Like so many of these games, it's a rematch of earlier this season. And it's a rematch of a game in which OU won 38-20. to uh, Oklahoma's defense is not great, but it's been better since the Oklahoma State game, holding Kansas to three, West Virginia to 31, but winning 59-31. That was a pos- just number of possessions. Um, I'm just not a big, big believer in Kenny Hill. That's been exposed. I like OU, and I think OU will, in fact, cover in Big D. The SEC championship game, Georgia-Auburn. Um, status still not totally clear with Carrion Johnson, who was dominant in the first game, Auburn against Georgia. Plus, that game was played on the plane. I like Georgia. Georgia impressed me with their ability to not mess around with Georgia Tech last week. I think Georgia wins, and as a one-point underdog, that would be a Georgia cover. Give me the dog. Give me, give me the dogs. Uh, in the Big Ten championship game, I've heard about Ohio State and how awesome Ohio State is, but I'm just not blown away by Ohio State. Not that I think Wisconsin is all that good, but Wisconsin knows who they are. They're great in special teams, outstanding up front. They run the football. This will be a shortened game, also on Fox. Uh, at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Pacific. Uh, each team has a very good running game. Uh, look, I no, neither team has a particularly good quarterback. I don't know how well JT Barrett plays coming off that knee scope that that uh, he went through. Uh, Wisconsin a six-point underdog. I'm going to take Wisconsin to win outright. And Clemson taking on Miami. It's a Miami team that uh, won some games it probably shouldn't have early in the year. The North Carolina game, the Georgia Tech game, dominated Notre Dame. Uh, Held off Florida State. Remember when Florida State played, they did not have DeAndre Francois and beat Virginia Tech at home. All their tough games have been at home. This one is in Charlotte. Um, It's a game to which Clemson, these guys have played in ACC championship game. You know, seniors have played in four of them. I just I feel like the experience of Clemson, the talent of Clemson, the defensive front. Obviously, you can't turn the football over, but I like Clemson, so I like uh, USC tonight, Oklahoma, Clemson as favorites, and I like Georgia and Wisconsin as underdogs. Let's get to the pros and the National Football League. All right, we've already had. Uh, one pick go bad. My Thursday night pick was was bad. I, I, I offer no apologies to that. Buffalo taking on the New England Patriots. Uh, kind of feel like this is a game to which, this is a game to which, the Buffalo Bills are super competitive in. Nine-point underdogs at home. I think Buffalo covers the spread. I think the, the Patriots win the game, but I think nine is far too many points for a team that at least uh, record-wise can still make the playoffs. Atlanta's taking on Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is a three-point favorite. We just talked to Mohamed Sanu. They think they figured things out. I would tend to agree with them. Getting Devontae Freeman back is huge. But they don't have Desmond Trufant, who's out with a concussion. Um, I like Atlanta at home to win and to cover the three-point spread. Chargers taking on the Cleveland Browns. They won't have Mike Williams. He's out. Of course, had that knee injury. But the Chargers otherwise, uh, I know they got to worry about Josh Gordon. Chargers seem to be finding their groove. 13 and a half's not enough. Give me the Chargers. Big, 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 big home favorites. Uh, Kansas City's taking on the Jets. I think the Jets are the best team with the worst record because they're just playing hard. Austin's Ferry Jenkins has had two big touchdowns taken away from him. Otherwise, they might have two more wins. 
Kansas City's a mess right now. I'm going to take the Jets to win at home. They are three-point underdogs at home. Uh, Last pick. This one seems really easy to me. Seattle's at home against Philadelphia. Everybody's pointing out how banged up Seattle is. This is one of those games to which Russell Wilson finds a way to keep it close late in the game. Seattle covers the five-point spread. Those are my picks. Five on three. One, two, three. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Boom. There's a new leading candidate for NBA's MVP. I'll tell you who that is next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you have a great weekend. Um, doesn't feel like bad weather has crept in. I know the South is super warm this weekend. Doesn't feel like crummy weather in the northeast so uh this is you know like your first full weekend after black friday and whatever to go shopping or get into winter sports with your kids so have a safe and happy uh holiday season as you go out and about in the meantime let's get you updated on anything you might have missed that's what we try and do on the show like look man i got lots of opinions on a lot of things but i want you to feel like you're educated on what's going on in sports before the weekend starts we call it the press the press. To bring in Dan Beyer. I encourage you to listen to Dan's show Beyer. Sunday mornings. Okay, on Fox Sports Radio, we play the two NFL pregame shows. Uh, so from six to eight a.m. Eastern time, right? That's the time. I'm that is correct. Yes. Okay, six to eight a.m. Eastern time. You can hear Dan Byer. Pacific time, excuse me. I'm sorry. Pacific time. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, Pacific time because it's eleven o'clock. It's yes. funny. Six to eight because eleven. Okay. So six to eight a.m. and that's. Makes it to 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Listen to Dan, gets you ready for your NFL weekend. He also recaps what went on in college football, which will be a huge part, huge part of his show, I'm sure. What do you got, right. Dan? Well, let's start. Uh, hey, why not start in college football? Because John Curry is out as Tennessee's AD. He's been put on paid leave following the strained search for a new head football coach. Beverly Davenport, Tennessee Chancellor, says that he's been suspended. Of course, they got to work out a buyout, but right now, Philip Fulmer has got the job, and he's got the job full-time. Recruiting-wise, absolutely. It's the backbone of what we do. We've got some really good commitments, that we're going to work at making sure we st- keep them till the coach gets here. There's guys out there that I think will be interested in Tennessee now that might not have been interested before. Oh, yeah, that coach thing, Philip Fulmer, the former coach, now going to be in charge of it as Tennessee's AD. Hasta la vista, baby. Everybody wants to be Barry Alvarez, right, who goes from head coach to, to athletic director. But remember, you have to run an athletic department. Like, that's the part that's missing here. As an AD, you have to raise money. It's a huge part of what you do. And you got to hire a football coach. Big part of what you do. But you also have to run an entire athletic department. And to that, I would guess that Philip Fulmer better hire some people around him and know how to do it. Right. Uh, this was a coup d'etat. This was Tennessee's old head football right. coach taking back his program. Make no mistake about it. And uh, look, John Curry, there was a time, and I don't know if you guys know this, there was a time in which there was a, a push for me to be the Kansas State head coach after Frank Martin left. And students wanted me there, and they hired Bruce Weber. And my take then was, my, was Bruce Weber's a really accomplished coach. He's a very different candidate than me. But he wasn't listening to populists. He was listening to 
uh, his kind of educated guess as to who would give them the best chance of being successful for the longest amount of time. That's who Curry is. I think it's wrong to fire him if he was hired with the idea of being their athletic director. It'll also be interesting to see on that new coach. Not only will you have the support of the athletic director because football is going to be good, but how much power would you actually have is the question. Um, You went over the picks. Pac-12 title game tonight, kicking off USC, taking on Stanford. Another college football note, Ole Miss put on two years – uh, postseason bowl ban for their NCAA infractions. They okay. already had a self-imposed one year. They're going to miss another year after that, and would-be seniors now will be allowed to transfer to another school to play their final year of eligibility. Should have taken them off TV. Should have yeah. taken them off all TV. Um, I think that would have been even more appropriate. Mm. Like, look, they were buying kids, and they were changing their te- they're they cheating on tests. Uh, this is this is old school SEC cheating. And we're and those are supposed to be punished even harsher. I think the punishments are harsh. They got rid of Hugh Freeze. I'm surprised Hugh Freeze didn't get a show cause. I uh, got a two game suspension if and when he becomes a head coach. But um, I don't uh, I don't think the punishments really harsh enough. I'm yeah. surprised Florida wasn't taken off TV just because. Um, <laughs> I didn't need to watch them. Uh, Speaking of Florida, how about Florida State? Yes, Seminoles losing their head coach, Jimbo Fisher, going to be the new head coach at Texas A&M. Won't coach tomorrow against Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, there's, 10 years, $75 million, So that sets the bar for Arkansas, who's going to go after Gus Malzahn. Hey, if you want to make it, you, if you want to get uh, Gus Malzahn out of Arkansas, you got to pay Jimbo Fisher money. Arkansas has it. Do they want to pay it? Next question. Okay. Ohio. No comment. Next oh, question. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, I'm going to give a question to Doug, and I think he's going to have a comment. Um, Urban Meyer says he's going to decide at game time how much quarterback JT Barrett plays against Wisconsin tomorrow, following arthroscopic knee surgery last Sunday. How much do you think JT Barrett actually goes tomorrow, following that knee operation? Um, <clears throat> I wonder. I, I mean, <laughs> I think he'll play the. Whole, I think he'll play the whole game. Mm. I think I'll play the whole game. I think I, he'll take a shot, and then I think I'll play the whole game. I think that he uh, – I think the news was leaked to let Wisconsin – oh, okay, maybe now we have to prepare for some Dwayne Haskins. Take up some of our time to do that. I think that, that the news was leaked out there for maybe a little edge for Ohio State, if you could get one. Hey, uh, how about the edge of Tiger Woods? After what has been a solid two days, what did you prove to yourself? Well, it proved that uh, the surgery was successful. The rehab has been fantastic. And now I've got a chance to go out there and uh, play competitive golf again. That was Tiger Woods today after a second round 68. Puts him at seven under par and a tie for fifth. Five shots back of the lead at the Hero World Challenge. Yeah, look, I'm 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 a big Tiger Woods fan. More than anything, I'm a sports fan. Everybody likes a good comeback. Tiger Woods being good at golf again is great for all sports and great for for this sport especially. How about golf being a must-watch in early December? You don't get that too often. Hey, uh, quickly before we wrap up, Doug, MVP watch in the NBA. According to Bavada, Rockets guard James Harden, now the favorite. He's going to be to be named the NBA's most valuable player. Harden's odds over the last month went from 9-1 to one all the way to 10-11. to 11. LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo listed at 4-1 to one behind Harden. He probably should have won it last year. Uh, he could have won it three years ago as well. Wouldn't stun me if he wins it, but like, it's not December yet. Let's not hand out any season-ending awards just yet. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. <laughs> Kirk Cousins was the better quarterback last night. I think we would all agree on that. Um, college football lies to you. 
right? They tell you that every game matters, and yet the games are actually weighed. It's like like the GPA thing. Like, wait, this is like an honors course, right? Because if it all matters, then well, Wisconsin's no losses. They're in no matter what compared to Auburn or compared to Ohio State. Some of these two loss teams. That's not the way it works. College football lies to you more than anything. Every game matters, except a certain number of games to which it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Clemson lost to Syracuse, I guess. I guess. And uh, it was a coup d'etat. This is great. It, it's great to uh, explain to somebody a war reference, a political reference, uh, something that usually happens in foreign countries to what happened at Tennessee. Teach your kids. Philip Fulmer taking over as athletic director. That is a coup d'etat, kids. What happens next? Who knows? It's still a circus. Got my picks? You can download the podcast. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.